The best and brightest physicians choose to work at Boston Medical Center. And now it's time to hear what they're saying. This is Boston Med Talks. Here's Melanie Cole. If you have a stroke, getting medical care as quickly as possible can help prevent death or minimize the lasting effects of a stroke. That's why it's important for you to know the signs of a possible stroke, learn your risk factors, and identify what you need to do if you suspect that you or a loved one is suffering a stroke. My guest today is Dr. David Greer. He's the chief of neurology at Boston Medical Center. Dr. Greer, Boston Medical Center recently became Certified Comprehensive Stroke Center. Tell us what that means and what does it mean for patients? Well, it's been a great thing for Boston Medical Center uh, as the patients are able to get the care that they need regardless of uh, what type of stroke they're having or how complex their case is. A comprehensive stroke center uh, is only guaranteed for or, or certified rather for centers that are able to provide expert care for every level of stroke case, including patients with a very complex presentations, and it requires advanced technology and expert staff, Uh, so we were delighted that we were able to be certified as a comprehensive stroke center and provide our patients with the same excellent level of care. Tell us a little bit about stroke. What is it, and are there different types? Sure. So there are basically two different types of strokes. There are bleeding strokes and non-bleeding strokes, and the non-bleeding strokes outnumber the bleeding strokes by about four or five to one, Uh, so a non-bleeding stroke is much more common. A non-bleeding stroke is basically when you have a blood vessel uh, that becomes blocked. It can be a small blood vessel or a large blood vessel, and whatever uh, brain tissue is being supplied by that artery uh, is damaged and often will die if the blood vessel can't be opened uh, in a a quick fashion. A bleeding stroke uh, in distinction is a uh, situation in which the the, uh, blood vessel bursts, uh, such as with an aneurysm or directly into the brain tissue, uh, and that's uh, a, uh, a type of stroke which is associated with an uh, even higher uh, morbidity and mortality rate, and so it's a, a very large public concern as well. Who is at risk for a stroke, and if you've had a stroke, does that put you at risk for another one? Yeah, so pretty much anyone can have a stroke, even babies can have strokes, but it's more common as we get older. Uh, because as we get older, we have more of the common conditions that can lead to strokes, such as high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, uh, and things like atrial fibrillation or atherosclerosis, which is hardening of the arteries, including the carotid arteries, uh, so that as we get older, uh, we can have strokes. Uh, however, it can happen really at any age, and even uh, young people uh, can have stroke due to some congenital abnormalities or blood clotting disorders, are even due to small tears in the blood vessel, which we call a dissection. Uh, statistically, once someone has had a stroke, they are at higher risk for another stroke, but it really depends on what the cause was for the first stroke because uh, some causes might put somebody at a higher risk than someone else. Then let's talk about the symptoms of a stroke, and there's an acronym that's used that can help people to identify in themselves or a loved one if they are suffering some of those symptoms of a stroke. Please tell us about that acronym, doctor. Yeah, so we commonly use the acronym FAST, F-A-S-T, which stands for facial drooping, uh, arm weakness, speech difficulties, and then time. Uh, These are felt to be symptoms or signs that can be a good clue to somebody that might be having a stroke. It's not uh, a complete list by any stretch, but this will catch a large majority of patients that are having a stroke. And then we really emphasize the time element because uh, the, the, the treatments that we have are very time sensitive. 
Uh, and if someone comes in beyond a certain time window, they may not be eligible for any life-saving uh, or brain-saving therapies. So we really emphasize to the public to get to, to treatment uh, very, very quickly. Should they be calling 911 or trying to drive their loved one or themselves to the hospital? What can EMS do that can help to start and speed along the process of that treatment where time is so sensitive? Well, I would say they should almost always, in every instance, uh, call 911 because the ability to get your loved one to the hospital quickly and to make sure that they're safe along the way to the hospital can be very, very limited for people. So calling 911 is likely the most prudent thing. Uh, patients who are having a stroke may have uh, life-threatening things going on, such as the inability to protect their own airway, uh, and they could be at high risk for having a respiratory arrest or even a cardiac arrest. And so making sure that medical personnel who are there, who are trained, and can make sure that the patient is stable uh, before they arrive at the hospital and can alert uh, the uh, the emergency medicine facility that they're going to, to the, uh, to the hospital, uh, that the patient is coming uh, and what their symptoms are, that's probably the best chain uh, of, uh, of reaction and, and, uh, and treatment. Dr. Greer, tell us a little bit, and you mentioned how important time is, time is brain. Tell us what happens at the EPR and speak about the clot-busting drugs that you might use if someone gets there in time. Right. So we have a drug called TPA, uh, which stands for Tissue Plasminogen Activator, uh, which can be given... Uh, within three hours to almost all patients with a non-bleeding stroke uh, and within four and a half hours to select patients who are having a stroke. And people who receive this drug uh, statistically do significantly better uh, than those who do not. Furthermore, uh, the earlier you receive the drug, the better you do. So even though you have up to three to four and a half hours, if somebody gets it at one hour after their stroke, they do far better than at two hours or three hours. We also have other means of opening the blood vessel, such as using a catheter uh, that can go into the blood vessel and fish out uh, the blood clot for larger strokes, and that's also time-sensitive. So that's typically done uh, within six or eight hours uh, of a stroke, and sometimes even longer, uh, sometimes even up to 24 hours in rare instances. But all of these are very time-sensitive, and again, as you said, time is brain. The, The longer you let the clock tick, the more brain cells or neurons are dying. So speed is of the essence here. Is there any way to reduce our risk? As you said, almost anyone is at risk, and certainly age being a factor. Is there anything we can do, lifestyle modifications, behaviors, that can help reduce our risk just a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So some of the major risk factors for stroke include high high blood pressure, uh, diabetes, high cholesterol, uh, smoking uh, is another uh, big one. Uh, and so whatever can be done to reduce those risk factors uh, is very important. Uh, but it's not just about taking medications. In fact, for people who are leading a sedentary lifestyle, if they are able to exercise and lose weight, they may reduce their, reads or their needs or maybe even eliminate their need for medications by simply getting their weight under control, getting better cardiovascular health, so that they don't need blood pressure medications or diabetes medications. And that's really the, the best thing that people can do and it's entirely within their own hands. The doctor can't exercise for you, uh, but you can certainly take that into your own hands and, uh, and, uh, and decrease your risk on your own that way. Wrap it up for us, Dr. Greer. It's such important information for listeners to hear about those symptoms. So kind of summarize it all for us and how important it is that they recognize those symptoms so that they can get that help fast. 
Right. It's super important that people uh, understand what the symptoms of a stroke are. The, the problem is that strokes most often don't hurt, as opposed to somebody who's having a heart attack, which is painful. Strokes will just cause part of your body not to work or your language not to work. And so people don't take it necessarily as seriously, and they should. We need a very large public awareness of this uh, disease, uh, which is both life-threatening and the highest uh, cause of disability for people, that they should recognize anything abnormal that's going on that could be affecting their brain function and get to the emergency room uh, as quickly as possible. Thank you so much, Dr. Greer, for sharing your expertise and explaining stroke and those symptoms and why it's so great that Boston Medical Center recently became a certified comprehensive stroke center and what that means for patients. Thank you again for joining us. This is Boston Med Talks with Boston Medical Center. For more information, you can go to bmc.org. That's bmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.